This information is just one of more than 3,175 peer-reviewed articles from VetLexicon Canis provided by VetStream Definitive Veterinary Intelligence. Horner Syndrome from VetLexicon Canis. Contributors. Dennis E. Brooks and Laurent Garossi. Synonyms of this disease, Claude Bernard Horner syndrome or Horner's syndrome. Introduction. It's a common unilateral neurological disorder of the eye. It can sometimes be bilateral. The cause is most common cause is idiopathic potentially a lesion anywhere along the sympathetic pathway to the eye. So that could be the brainstem, cervical spinal cord, T1 to T3 spinal cord, brachial plexus, intrathoracic vagosympathetic trunk, middle ear or retrobulbar. Signs. Ptosis of the upper eyelid, meiosis, enophthalmus, protrusion of the third eyelid due to enophthalmus, and nictitans muscle relaxation in cats. Conjunctival hyperemia in some animals. Diagnosis. Sometimes can identify the location of the injury pharmacologically, more usually by other associated clinical signs. Treatment. The specific treatment for the underlying disease, if it can be ascertained. Clinical signs can often be improved with topical phenylephrine. Prognosis. The patient can recover over a protracted period depending on the site and na nature of the lesion. Presenting signs. Meiosis, anisocorea. Protrusion of the third eyelid. Ptosis of the upper eyelid. Enophthalmus. Conjunctival hyperemia. Age predisposition. It's more common in middle age. Breed predisposition, the golden retriever, and collies, either bearded, rough, or smooth collies. Pathogenesis. Etiology. The most common cause is idiopathic. However, others include brainstem trauma, neoplasia, infection, or inflammation of the brainstem, neurological infection, such as neospora, cervical spinal cord trauma, disc herniation, acute non-compressive nuclear disc extrusion, neoplasia, fibrocartilaginous embolism or FCE, T1 to T3 trauma, disc neoplasm or fibrocartilaginous embolism, brachial plexus avulsion, brachial plexus tumour, vagosympathetic trunk, trauma or cranial mediastinal neoplasm. Cranial cervical ganglion injury, middle ear trauma, neoplasm, otitis media or interna, retrobulbar trauma or neoplasm or abscess, compromise, usually compression, of any of the descending neurons or axons in the pathway, thoracic neoplasia, mediastinal mass, spinal neoplasia, disc disease, otitis media, 
iatrogenic following a venipuncture using the jugular vein. Predisposing factors. Dogs with a tendency to develop spinal cord and middle ear disease are at risk. Pathophysiology. Pathological change at one of several sites leads to a failure of sympathetic nerve supply to the eye and surrounding structures. That leads to a loss of smooth muscle tone, which leads to the clinical signs. First order is hypothalamus to T1 to T3 spinal cord lesions. Second order, thoracic sympathetic trunk to the cranial cervical ganglion lesions. Third order, postganglionic fibres arising at the cranial cervical ganglion rostrally up to the eye. Time course, a slow recovery over many months depending on etiology and treatment. Diagnosis. Presenting problems, red eye, anascoria, third eyelid protrusion. Client history, red eye, third eyelid protrusion, ear problems, fall in lameness due to the involvement of a cervical intumescence and brachial plexus injury. Drooping of the facial muscles following jugular blood sampling if the vagosympathetic trunk was damaged. Known trauma to the neck area, e.g. a bite or surgery to the neck. Severe cervical cord injury. In association with some brain lesions. Clinical signs. Ptosis, which is narrowing of the palpebra fissure due to loss of smooth muscle bone affecting Muller's muscle. Meiosis due to the loss of sympathetic innervation to the iris. Enophthalmus due to denervation and lack of tone of the orbital smooth muscles within the periorbital as well as the unopposed antagonistic action of the extraocular muscles that retract the eyeball. You can have clinical signs associated with middle ear disease. The ipsilateral ear may feel warm due to local vasodilation. Fall in lameness or loss of paniculus reflex on the same side with brachial plexus pathology. First order Horner syndrome is very rare and invariably accompanied by profound neurological abnormalities attributed to a midbrain brainstem or cervical spinal cord lesion. Dyspnea or dull percussion to the chest if there is a significant thoracic mass or mediastinal pathology. Diagnostic investigation. Pharmacological testing uses the phenylephrine test. Phenylephrine is a direct-acting sympathomimetic drug administered to both eyes and at the same time it takes for the pupils to dilate is noted. The test is based on the principle of denervation hypersensitivity, which equals an innervated effector cells, i.e. the iris dilator muscle, increases their sensitivity to direct acting sympathomimetics following denervation. This phenomenon usually takes about two weeks to develop. The topical 1% phenylephrine or one drop is used to assess the level of the lesion and leads to resolution of the signs within a given time period. 
It has limited usefulness unless the post-ganglionic lesions have denervation hypersensitivity. And these are, at 20 minutes, resolution of the clinical signs implies a third order disease as seen with idiopathic Horner syndrome. At 40 minutes, resolution of the clinical signs implies second order disease. At between 60 and 90 minutes, resolution or no change of signs implies first order disease. Radiography. Thoracic radiographs are often used to identify thoracic or mediastinal masses interfering with nerve conduction. Other tests, CSF tap, to look for spinal cord and brain disease. Electromyography to test for brachial plexus avulsion or tumour. CT or MRI to examine the brain, middle ear and cervical spinal cord. Confirmation of diagnosis. Discriminatory diagnostic features. The history. Definitive diagnostic features. The clinical signs. Histopathological findings. The ear, thorax, cervical spinal cord diseases display evidence of etiology in selected cases. No lesions are noted in idiopathic Horner syndrome. Differential diagnosis. Prolapsed nictitanes gland. An ulcer, uveitis, glaucoma, orbital disease. Conjunctival mass or chemosis. Ulcer, uveitis, glaucoma or orbital disease. Corneal ulcer using a fluorescent stain. Aniscorial an anterior uveitis or meiosis, glaucoma, i.e. a midriasis, anterior uveitis, a flare and low intraocular pressure is present with uveitis, N. ophthalmus, systemic disorders such as cachexia, hyperadrenocorticism or chronic exogenous corticosteroids administration. Chronic masticatory muscle meiosis, idiopathic trigeminal neuropathy, or neoplastic infiltration of the trigeminal nerve. Treatment. Initial symptomatic treatment. No specific treatment is required if no other lesions are found. If the lesion is purely physiological as opposed to pathological, spontaneous recovery can be expected. Topical sympathomimetics, such as 2.5% phenylephrine, one drop TID can transiently reduce the conjunctivitis and nictitanes prominence. Standard treatment. Treat any underlying pathological change. Outcomes. Prognosis is excellent if no other underlying pathology. It tends to be self-resolving. Expected response to treatment. Repositioning of the nictitans to a more normal position may be noted first, followed by a normal pupil size as the condition resolves. Ptosis may remain until the last. Reasons for treatment failure, the normal standard reasons. Conclusion. We hope you found this information useful to understand more about Horner's syndrome in dogs.
You can view this Vent Lexicon article and more than 3,175 other peer-reviewed articles by 550 clinical experts on the veterinary care of dogs via www.vetstream.com forward slash treat forward slash canis. Copyright Vetstream. Definitive Veterinary Intelligence.